Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Short Thing today. It is November 18th. Warren and Ryan here with you. Love picks for the second-to-last college football Saturday weekend of the full slate of the season. We'll also talk some NBA or some uh, NFL as well. Picks for that. Uh, I got. I was thinking about uh, Major League Baseball yesterday, so I think you'll agree with what I have on that as well. So we'll talk a little bit about what. It's on my mind around baseball. You can check us out Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the iHeartRadio app under the podcast section. Ryan, how's it going? I think you uh, you got some exciting news this week. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've we've been sitting on this news for a little bit, uh, but just kind of finally made the official announcement. Got gonna have another kid running around here in June. Uh, so yeah, we're expecting uh, we're expecting baby number two a lot quicker than we were anticipating. But nonetheless, ready or not, here it comes. That's exciting. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Uh, do you have to get a bigger house? Uh, probably eventually, but right now <laughs> we're, we're set up in a good spot where we have uh, an extra bedroom for it. So uh, we, uh, we're in a good spot now, but you know, come a year or two down the road, we are probably going to be looking to, uh, to upgrade and get a little bit bigger. Are you going to move farther away from civilization? No, no, we're already, we are, we actually, it's funny you mentioned that we already have our eye on a brand new subdivision in McKinney. That's, they haven't even broke ground on it yet, but I drive by it every single day right off like 380 and Lake Forest. And so it's like, right, you know, kind of pretty much centralized yeah. McKinney. Um, but uh, so, yeah, no, we're, we're looking to make the move closer, not further because it's living in the country is a little rough sometimes. But you're right by a Popeye's. Well, I am right by a Popeye's, no doubt. That is true. Uh, so that, that'll be, you know, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I, uh, make sure I, I use that up as best possible before the before the move not that it's happening anytime soon but you know yeah it'll be here quicker than you expect no i know well shoot how how is thanksgiving next week no kidding like that's crazy um so yesterday was it no that's very exciting it was very exciting news um yesterday i was in uh houston or saturday or Tuesday afternoon, drove down to Houston. My dad's company had a little golf outing, or they were in a golf outing, had a foursome or two foursomes, so I played in it with them. Uh, let me, Houston, I think we both, I've said this multiple times, Houston really does stink. It's the, it's it, hands down the worst city in Texas. And the traffic there is, is I mean, Dallas is bad, but Houston takes it to another level. Another level. Um, I will say, though, driving on 45 from, say, like the Woodlands to Dallas, mm-hmm. like downtown, is a lot better and a more comfortable drive right now than driving from Dallas to Austin. On that 35. place has been under construction for about 10 years. This. Yeah. They had construction in Houston, I don't know, around Corsicana about five or six years ago, but that's all done. And it is a much smoother, much smoother drive. Yeah, I have. um, So we drove down to Houston. Shoot, I guess it had to have been. 2019, yeah, it's 2019. We had to drive. Well, we drove through Houston because we were getting on a cruise in Galveston. And uh, I don't remember too much of the drive, but I do know that the drive down to Austin on 35 is is pretty brutal oh, sometimes. Terrible. This the scra- the scramble too. We left at. Uh, oh, listen to this. So it was a scramble. They started at 12:30 for some reason, which usually these scrambles when you have an A group and a B group um, are going to take what five hours, five and a half hours. So you're already borderline of finishing. It was four. 15 i think 415 and we had played 11 holes oof 
And we just decided, all right, we're going to leave right now. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, actually, you saw a friend from Texas State that was playing in it. Um, and I'm going to ask him, what uh, did you actually finish the round? And uh, they said they won uh, because I was curious of what uh, the winning score was. Not, uh, not that we were going to win. Or, but we were, it was just very, the guys ahead of us. So you could buy mulligans in these things. Mm-hmm. That's because they want to raise money for the charity. I think that the charity was the, uh, it was a pediatric children's hospitals, cancer hospitals in uh, Houston. So a good cause. But uh, man, the guys ahead of us, they must have had about 10 mulligans because they were just, it seemed like they had every putt on the green twice or whatever. But oh, uh, that's annoying. Yeah, whatever. It was still a fun, uh, it was a fun. It was a fun time, the Wildcat. It was like it was a interesting, interesting course to say the least. Uh, fascinating course. Um, all right, we'll get into uh, college football here to start off. Big weekend ahead, I think. We got some playoff uh, games to look forward to, or playoff decider games. That is Ohio State, Michigan State, also Oregon and Utah. I would say are the two biggest games of the weekend. Um, so those both ones at 11, ones at 6:30. Other than that, I, again, probably it feels like as I keep saying this, we've been lacking big games, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple big games. I know next week we're going to get all the rivalries and everything, but uh, it seems like there's been a not as many big time games as we normally get in a college football season. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, I think to some degree you are right, and I think a lot of it has to do with, um, obviously, teams losing that we're not expecting, right? Or teams that uh, are losing a couple extra games that we weren't expecting, or just, you know, the parity in, in, as a whole, just like you check, take a look at the SEC. Uh, you know what I mean? Take like A&M, for example, where they beat up on Alabama and Auburn, but then they lose, turn around and lose to both Mississippi schools, or they lose to Arkansas. Obviously, LSU stinks. So, like, you know, those schools, Florida stinks. The schools that you're used to being in the thick of things this late in the year, maybe jockeying for position, whether it is in the college football playoff or, or their conference standings, they are just not any good, or they've lost games that you wouldn't expect. So, those games that you're that are usually big time, they're just not there. Well, and you get the SEC games this week that are like A&M's playing Prairie View A&M. You get your uh, um, those that last non-conference game before the last game of the season. But yeah, no, because if, imagine if Clemson was, say, ranked like 18th or 19th. Mm-hmm. That game against Wake Forest would be a big game. Correct. I would say it still is a big game because as bad as Clemson is offensively, their defense has still been playing really, really well. And the Wake offense is really really good so seeing that matchup is is a fascinating is a fascinating matchup and maybe you know things maybe go their way they're they're on the outside looking in but still if you're a conference champion at one loss and say Oregon loses and uh Alabama loses again so their two losses they would be out of there things go their way maybe maybe Notre Dame loses maybe Wake could find their way up with one loss in there same thing with Oklahoma State they're definitely on the outside looking in and they need some help, but maybe those one-loss teams can find their uh, can find their uh, way in there. It's a long shot, but they have a chance. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, it could, so it could be it could be a big big game based on the results, right? So, but going in, it's like, is this really a big game? But you know, if it's you know, if if you win, awesome. If you lose, yeah, you're probably cooked. But 
So, uh, you know, if you look at it in that, in that sense, yeah, I agree. Um, what, uh, so we talked about, uh, Texas and Kansas and where Texas is at. How, from a, how can you take Texas? To, can you take Texas in a gambling perspective for the rest of the season? So funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was going through my picks, you know, kind of through like the first draft and I put them down and then circling back that exact question came to mind. Like, can you take them at all? Because you could take them first half, right? They've been, they've proven that they they'll play a decent first half. Uh, so like even in this spot this week, they're catching three against West Virginia. They're at West Virginia. That's why it kind of crossed my mind. Like, okay, maybe they're looking to write the ship. Maybe they're looking to, you know, you just lost to Kansas an embarrassing loss. Uh, for you and your your program, maybe you come back and try to you know kind of stick it to West Virginia to make up for that. But uh, I don't think at this point, if you're going to take them to play, if you're going to take a side, I don't think you take Texas unless you feel pretty good about that first half, and that's maybe it. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree, but it's also like I don't even know how good like West Virginia is. Like Kansas Correct. State, I would definitely next week. I'd be way more comfortable taking. Um, it was, it was, um, I would take him more comfortable next week against Kansas state, regardless of what it was this week, but West Virginia is, but I don't even know, like first half Texas has been good, but then they get killed in the first half, um, last week against Kansas. And that just rattles me on the Texas first yeah. half bet, because at least before, like, as we've been saying, they've been coming out hot in the first half last week. They just didn't come out, come out hot at all. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, so you know in that sense, and and like that's a, I I want to say that game's such an anomaly, but we've they, we've they've shown time and time again. This time it wasn't they they didn't play very well in the first half, and then they came out and scored you know in the second half and pu- push it to overtime, took the lead, then lost it again, and obviously ended up losing in overtime. But so just playing a complete game, uh, you know, you're kind of right. Yeah, it does kind of rattle you. Like, shoot, can I even trust this team just for a first half bet? So I guess if all those questions are going through your head, I guess the answer is no. You can't really trust taking Texas in a gambling sense either way. Yeah, yeah, that game's not on the card. There are a couple games, too, that fascinate me from a from a, a look-ahead standpoint, I would say. I'd say Michigan at Maryland because Maryland's got some pretty athletic receivers out there, and that always seems like that could be a difficult uh Michigan and Maryland, that's a difficult spot. And uh, the UCLA, USC, that's always a great uh, uniform game. Yep. Um, as so long as they like, both wear the color uniforms. And they, they do. Normally do. They, yeah. they do. I Well, before they would, they would have to lose, they would all, each lose a timeout. Yeah. Because they can't both wear the home, the home uh, uniforms, but they changed that back. But uh, no, there's some interesting, uh, it's rivalry weekend in the big, in the Pac-12 too, because Cal and Stanford and, um, there's some interesting things out there, I think. But all right, what, what, anything in the rankings? But it's just the same thing. I don't think there's really anything more to talk about. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to kind of say, too. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of movements, uh, really any. Obviously, Oklahoma drops back a few. Wake Forest cracks the top 10. Um, where do you stand on the UTSA thing? I, I hear people pounding the drum saying they should be at least top 10 because they're undefeated as well. But, I mean, obviously, their their resume isn't stellar. Where do you stand on them? People are saying they should be top 10. I've, that's what I've heard. I've said I've heard they should maybe crack the top 10, top 15, somewhere around there, that they're not really getting any respect being at 22. Who said that? Uh, talking heads. I don't know. No, I mean, no, top, no way. Look who they beat. 
No, I know. I know. Like, I agree. Look, 10 and 0 is 10 and 0. They should look, they should probably be 16, 17, somewhere in the in the late teens, but that's fair. I'm not going to no, not definitely not top 10. I mean, top 10 you're saying Yeah, no chance top 10. No chance. So, and then this this other thing was brought up this week. Uh, I was listening to the Ryan Rosillo show and he kind of made a good point. If we stop looking at the college football playoff as standings and start looking at them as power rankings, I think that'll kind of make things a little bit more of a clear picture on who the top four is. Well, what have you have you thought of that or have you looked at it that way rather than, hey, this is, you know, because usually standings is this team beat this team and that team beat that team. So they're going to be here. But if we just look at it as a as power rankings then it kind of changes how everyone kind of looks at it. Yeah, no, it could. But but. uh Aren't they rankings big to begin with? Like they say they're the power, they're the playoff rankings. True. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't know if, if changing it to, you know, some, a lot of sports fans are dum-dums and have dum-dum brains. And so if it was like the college football power rankings or college football playoff power rankings, then that might, might uh, make a bit of a difference on how people view it rather than looking at it as standings. Okay, maybe, but what's the whole thing of the power rankings then? Because isn't the same debate going to happen of the head-to-head, like, oh, this team beat this team, they should Correct. be ahead so, of that. Know, yeah, just like or- Oregon beat Ohio State, so Oregon's ahead of Ohio State. Ohio but then State... Michigan State beat Michigan, and they're behind Michigan. Mm, yeah, so yeah, they, that's where they that's where they dropped the bag there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, because my next was going obviously Ohio State, they have one loss, but they both beat Mich- They beat Michigan. They play Michigan State this week, so they're ahead of both those guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess too, you know. But but power rankings, I guess, can kind of also make it a little bit more uh, subjective. I don't know if it's subjective or objective, yeah. where it's like, you know, I think this team, if this team played this team head to head, this team would win, or or whatever. And instead of looking at actual what happened head to head that way if they're just looking at wins strictly like they say they are and they don't take losses in consideration then again that can kind of make for a little bit more of a clear picture of uh okay this team won but if this team played this team we feel like this team would win is that for the justification of alabama being number uh two like you're not saying they need to justify it but is that correct yeah i think so um yeah, I mean, I guess there is a lot of the, the buzz this week about Notre Dame getting in the playoff is ah, high. I know I've heard that, too. If they sneak in over Cincinnati, that would be the most wild thing, especially since Cincinnati beat them. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't think I don't think there's anywhere in the world that Notre Dame makes it over Cincinnati. If you put Notre Dame in over Cincinnati, then you might as well just like I said, just blow it up and say, hey, look, this is the power five college football. And then we're going to have the group of five, because if that happens, then they're, 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 they're going to have really no leg to stand on. And that's coming from someone who's not allowed in the Cincinnati city limits after his takes on Cincinnati on the show. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they uh, I tried to uh, order some Skyline Chili and they told <laughs> me no, never call again. So it's uh, yeah, it's a tough look. Yeah, tough, tough, uh, tough look there. All right. We will, uh, let's get into the picks. Uh, Max, and sorry, we forgot to give Max, now we kind of tweeted them. I will, you did uh, your tweet to me. You had a misfire on a line. What did it, you I, had Western Michigan plus six, but they were minus six. Yes. And that was so, yeah, I know. So I, I screwed don't, that up. 
I wanted Eastern Michigan, but okay. I tweeted Western. So that's so I marked it down as a loss. Okay. Because I'm I wanted Eastern Michigan plus the okay. six. But yeah, so I did have a misfire on the tweet. So I don't know. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. I you uh, could just we could uh stricken it from the record because that was okay. a confusion. Yeah, okay. That's that's fair. A no contest. No contest deal. Um and then I forgot to tweet mine yesterday to uh to the show. I actually played both road teams and they ended up winning but we'll strike those from the record because right. i'm a uh i'm a man of faith and uh there's a deep drive to left field by <laughs> castellanos that was uh that was quite a fitting end of action last night it was uh <laughs> an overtime game a kid misses a field goal to secure the under and then they they get a stop so you're like all right maybe if i had the under in northern illinois first play northern illinois gets it after buffalo doesn't do it to the house uh, 60 when the total was 59 and a half. It was going down all day because of the weather. Um, so a fitting, fitting, fitting end. One and one and one in Maxion, uh, last night. So the record on the season is 64, 48, and uh, two. But uh, a f- fitting end to Maxion. It was, yeah, great, great little way to put a bow on it and wrap it up and uh, put it away for uh, for next year. Yes, for next year. All right, Ryan, why don't you lead us off here with the picks and the record? Okay, so I went one and two um, on Tuesday, so that's going to bring the record to 69, nice, and 43. Uh, So starting off for this weekend, I'm riding with the Arizona Wildcats, plus 15 and a half against Washington, uh, Washington State. They've been playing a lot better, playing a lot more competitive games, and I think they can definitely keep this in with two within two touchdowns. And I might even sprinkle a little bit here. Just, just kind of say, just maybe sprinkle that money line just a little bit. I haven't seen what the, uh, what the uh, money line number is, but it might be worth your while just to sprinkle that a little bit. I like the Houston Memphis over 60 and a half. Um, I like the Michigan State Ohio State over. What is that over 68. 68. I like that. I think both teams are gonna be scoring the crap out of the ball. Uh, a lot of totals. I like the uh, I like Kent State laying 13 and a half against Akron. So even though the Midweek action is over. We're still riding the weekend action. Um, where did I got lost? Arizona, Arizona money line plus four eighty five. Oh yeah, baby, I like that. Like I said, maybe just just a tiny little sprinkle, just a little something to wet the beak a little bit. Uh, I was thinking about so this was another game, kind of like the Texas situation. Uh, thinking about riding with Florida because a Missouri sucks against the spread. And B, after you almost lose to Sanford, I know Florida wins that game, but giving up where they give up 52 points to Sanford yeah. and having it come from behind, uh, you know, you want to kind of right the ship there and uh, get things back. But I, I ultimately ended up, ended up leaving them off the card. Uh, but again, that was one that I was kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, I'm going to take UCLA minus three in that beautiful, beautiful matchup we got out there in uh, L.A. And uh, I've this line stinks. Everyone is on this game and on the same side I am. It's like the double reverse trap game where like you want to take the one side because of how bad the line stinks. But because of that, you take the other side. And so I'm taking Oregon plus three. I don't know how they're a dog to Utah after Utah almost just lost to Arizona last week. But, you know, like I said, this line's so bad. It's like, okay, well, I got to take Utah. But that for that reason, you have to take Oregon. Uh, so again, Oregon plus three. I like Oklahoma State minus ten and a half against Tech, and that'll do it for me this week. 
All right. What was that? Ten games? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, all right. I got uh, Wake plus four and a half at Clemson. I'm going against the uh, unranked team. I like team. that, too. I like that. But I just I think Wake can score more than I mean, that's a Wake offensive play. Uh, I'm going to take it's tough taking a one and nine team laying five and a half. But I'm taking Tulane minus five and a half against USF. USF on the road against the spread is one and three this season. They're a much better team at home. Uh, against the number. So uh, two lanes, three and three at home. So I'll take two lane. I'm taking the Ohio state team total. That's 43 and a half. Michigan state's pass defense is like 120, 110th in the nation. Something really, really bad. Ohio state should score a bunch of points on Michigan state. I'm taking Colorado plus six and a half against Washington. Washington fired their head coach this week. They had big problems there. And that's a noon start in Boulder. I think are a, a 1 p.m. start, early start. Um, so I was listening to Stanford Stephen the Bear podcast yesterday, and they said this. This is I had to add this from them. One of his guys had a note on Navy. It was Navy with fans in attendance on senior day. So excluding last year, they have won 14 in a row um, at home on senior day. They're they're getting four points against Eastern Carolina. Eastern Carolina is eight or is a six and four at a big win last week to get to a bowl game. So when I heard that, um, I, uh, I was like, that's a general principle play. Just hearing that. So I have Navy plus four. You, you give me a stat like that. I'm taking it. You have to you absolutely got to ride. Uh, uh, all right. Oh, we're going to, we're going to add that one to my card as well. Okay. I even looked at my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm taking, I, that's a, I, I, that, that, that's a play. That's a play right there. You just got to take it um, over 65 and SMU at Cincinnati. And then I have Mizzou plus nine in the over 69 and a half because Florida's defense has quit. Mizzou's defense has never been good this year. So I think that's a general, that's an over game. And then there is one I'm debating. I've been on the Hawaii uh, yo-yo when fading them, when they come to the mainland, and then taking them when they go back to the island, they're getting two at home against uh, Colorado State, and I just cannot uh, haven't decided yet. But I got we'll take uh, we'll take Hawaii. We'll add Hawaii there. Um, so that will be the last pick. Hawaii plus two. Add Baylor plus one against Kansas okay. State. That's a lie. That doesn't make any sense. Correct. If you if you're in the business of lines that don't make any sense, them getting a point at Kansas State, that doesn't make anything. Yeah, it's the, it's the double trap game. It is. It is the double trap game. All right, the NFL. Big one. Big one in the NFL this week. That will be the uh, Dallas Cowboys heading up to play the Chiefs. I think too many people think the Chiefs are back. I think I said that on Monday. But I uh, their defense is still... What What makes people think their defense is, is, is back? Yeah, that's the part like, that, that is not back. Sure, the offense might play better. And again, I don't think the Dallas defense is is that great. They forced a lot of turnovers, which makes them very, very good. And then last week they were just feasting on on the Falcons. Um, but the the Kansas City defense is if they again if they have if the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, they're going to get killed. They're going to get destroyed by them. So I the whole Kansas City offense might might be back, but uh, I. I'm not buying that they're like, oh, they're a solved team in general. I still think they're a massively, massively flawed team, even even though they've won four in a row. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think uh, anybody that's smart, anybody that has a brain, um, they moved Kansas City to not a team that's back, but a team that could be a little friskier, a team to keep your eye on. Uh, you know, uh, they're definitely a team that's thrown themselves back into the mix, especially with that AFC West. It's wide open uh, between the Chargers dropping as many games as they've had, the Raiders going through their turmoil, the Broncos, who knows what they are, if they're any good or not. Uh, they're they're kind of a week-to-week team right now. So, I mean, that whole division is wide open. And so, you know, I, I think winning division isn't out of the question for Kansas City by any means, but making a deep playoff run without being able to address the defense in the trade market, you know, obviously since the trade deadline passed, unless you just find an absolute diamond in the rough, how does that defense get turned around to be good enough to, to make a, to make a run? I mean, because they're definitely like a bottom 10 defense. Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked at the official standings or official uh, uh, rankings of that, but they just on the eye test, they got to be a bottom 10 defense and that's not going to win you any championships. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think people are just waiting to like say, Oh, the chiefs are back. The chiefs are back. Like they're just waiting for any signs of life. It's every, everything's like, Oh, What's wrong with the Chiefs? What's what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? They have a good game on Sunday night against the Raiders, who are going through their own turmoil, as we've said before, with Henry Ruggs and uh, the interim coach Basachi and all that stuff. Um, and they they beat them pretty handily. And it's like, okay, this is our this is our thing to say the Chiefs are back. This is it. And that's not. They're just waiting for one sign of life, and it's it's just. I don't think that's really I think it's an overreaction because people want to be uh, want to be right on that side. Yeah. Or, or and, they want... and, it's, and it's one of those like if you're, you know, right, then it's like obviously you're right. But if you're wrong, it's like, well, you know, it's the, it's the Chiefs. You know, how, how are you going to bet against them? I've used that argument plenty of times right here on the show. Uh, so, you know, you're you kind of have that safety net there regardless of uh, of uh, if you're right or wrong. For sure. For sure. And this is the whole week. Like, we all joke that, oh, week one NFL is like overreaction, overreaction. Every week in the NFL is overreaction. Yeah. So you're it's like a team, a good like Tampa loses last week to Washington. Oh, what they have their problems. They're also just such a banged up team. Like these teams lose. Um, the teams, teams have bad games in the NFL. And it's just like, oh, they just want to throw them that they're chopped liver. And it's, it's just that's just what happens in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, got teams have bad teams have bad games. Other, I don't, I mean, the, <coughs> excuse me, the rest of the slate doesn't look that great. Green Bay, Minnesota is interesting, but, uh, Seattle, Arizona, I think that's got some spice. That's with uh, Dallas and Kansas city. But other than that, I don't know. It's kind of a bleak, uh, a bleak, a bleak slate out there. Yeah. Nothing really jumps out at you is, you know, uh, we don't have a lot of, I don't think we have any. Except for that, let's see, we got the Seattle Cardinals matchup. I think that's the only in division matchup. Houston, Tennessee. Week. Houston, Tennessee. Yeah, which Tennessee, or excuse me, Houston stinks. So yeah. who cares? You know what's going to happen there. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, so it's really not like there's a whole lot of games that are going to mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. I think that Cardinal Seahawks game will be very good as long as Kyler and D Hop are back. Um, I think Hopkins is going to be back for sure. I think they're still kind of waiting to see on. Uh, on uh, uh kyler so I, I was ready to pull the trigger on the cardinals there laying the two and a half but until i know one way or the other if he's going to be playing or not it's hard to it's hard to put them on the card um but that monday night you expect it's probably gonna be a clunker 
you know, you, you say that, but we just talked about the Bucks losing. What I saw there, five and zero with Antonio Brown, one and three without him. Uh, so you know, a guy really? like that, yeah, they're five wow. and zero this season uh, with him, one and three without him. All three losses have come without Antonio Brown on the field. Um, so you know, if he's back healthy, maybe that game is the blowout we expect it to be. But without him, who knows what what we get out of the Buccaneers' offense and being able to move the ball? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to Browns uh, Lions this week, which uh, look when uh, that was on the schedule, the game before Thanksgiving, I was going to go. wasn't really excited about the Lions before, but now we're staring at a Tim Boyle, Case Keenum right in the face, which uh, I tweeted at my cousin who's going to the game with me. He said, responded back saying, I've seen worse. We've both seen worse quarterback matchups. But uh, the real kicker in this earlier in the week, the weather, it was like, 45 46 and cloudy like that's not that's kind of what you'd expect in cleveland so not 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 terrible that's a good football weather game i looked at the weather this morning we're now seeing an 80 percent chance of rain on sunday Oof. which uh is tough but my uncle's seats under the covers under you go under the cover so that is a that's at least a promising thing but still a 44 and 80 percent chance of rain is uh that's going to be some slot. That's a slobber knocker of a game. And that's, uh, you know what? That's how the Great Lakes Classic should be. You know, they played the Browns and Lions played for the Great Lakes Classic uh, preseason game. They had this, they had the barge that they would play for. Uh, so now we get a regular season GLC. Um, but uh, yeah, 80% chance of rain on Sunday when I saw that this morning was not. Uh, not what I was looking for, especially considering it's going to be 65 degrees in Cleveland today. It's uh, tough. That's tough. Yep. But, uh, hey, that's what... Uh, football that's weather. What it, it is football weather. It is football weather. All right. To the cards. I went two and three last week. The Rams. Okay. Can we... One thing on the Rams. So, I thought Odell was going to have a big night. Yeah, uh, he got the ball early. Look, I that was also a play on if he has a big night, I'm going to be rewarded financially for it. And if he doesn't fine, I'll take the loss. I do think I'm not saying this because Troy Aikman said his comments or whatever. If you actually listen to what Troy said, instead of reading the transcript, it doesn't sound as bad as it as it was. But Brian Greasy trying to blame that interception on Odell when he just stopped or when Stafford threw a terrible ball and then Odell stopped like that's kind of ridiculous. Like we are in the Odell blaming. Like, people want to blame him for everything. It is kind of ridiculous what people are going out of their way to blame Odell for. Yeah. I mean, that, that and, was that ball was nowhere near him. I mean, that was a, a terrible, terrible pass. Could he have tried to make a play on it? Sure. But he wasn't going to be able to catch that ball. And he actually made a good play of tackling the safety and not letting him uh, uh, gain any yardage after intercepting it. But, yeah, that was – I. I the fact that he put that on, on Odell, that's the first thing I said. I was like, that, there's no way that you can say that that was Odell's Odell's fault. Do you think Kelly Stafford's pretzel throw was more accurate than Matt Stafford's throw there? Sounds like it was because she apparently hit her target. Yeah, it does. I know. I know. So good for her. She's, she's been in she's the quickly. New- yeah, she's quickly <laughs> becoming uh, one of those that's like, you know, keep your eye on her because she could like absolutely lose it on somebody. Yeah, well, she clearly did. She threw a yeah. pretzel at someone, half a pretzel. At, well, her, she was big. The vaccines, I think she had something on that, right? Yeah. Um, but she's been in the news uh, a lot, a lot. Late. And I'll say, boy, I've been a Stafford rider, but the last couple of weeks have been a tough watch. The, the, the picks, 
it's been tough. It's been tough. He's he's been struggling. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very reminiscent of uh of Detroit Stafford. Yeah, look, I'm not throwing them in the bin. Like I think they're still a good team, and I think he's still good. I just think this is kind of, hey, you know, sometimes you play a couple bad games in a row, and uh, they got things to figure uh, figure out there. All right, so on the season, I'm 30 and 20. Uh, these are my five games this week. The game I absolutely love the most is Jacksonville plus six and a half against San Fran. That's a West to East coast team. Jack, look, everybody was wondering how the Jaguars would respond to urban Meyer and everything. They're actually playing hard for him. Yeah. Like they are playing hard. And, and, and I, I don't think we have, we both thought that Herb, Herb was going to be done at the end of the season. I don't know, but I think the guys are buying in. I think they're buying into him, but they're playing hard for him. So I like them plus six and a half. I'm going to take uh, Green Bay minus one and a half on the road. I feel like I'm walking into a trap, but or that's minus two, but I will take them. Uh, anyways, I got to fade Joe Flacco. Yeah, um, that's a I don't care. I got to fade Flacco. I'll take the Dolphins minus three and a half. I'm taking Philly minus two at home. That also seems like a trap because they're playing. They they seem like they're an every other week team, and the Saints can come back and do something. But I, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, that's just not doing it for me. And then I am taking the uh, Cowboys plus two and a half. I think they are the better team than the Chiefs. Uh, they have the better defense, and uh, I think uh, you're giving me plus points. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points. So those are my five games. So I am uh, so I went one and four last week, following up a five and zero week with one and four. So I'm sitting at 23, 24, and two. Uh, I am taking the Patriots tonight, laying six and a half against the Falcons. Um, I just think that's, uh, it's a good team versus a bad team. I'm going to take the good team. Uh, I'm riding with green Bay minus two against Minnesota. Not only do I like this line, I like the team, but Sean Hockley is, uh, uh, refing this game road underdogs are six and zero against the, uh, against the spread. The Packers are not an underdog, but they are, but the, uh, road team, is seven and one, I believe, outright. Uh, when Sean Hockey Lee is the uh, is the uh, referee, so um, yeah, no, excuse me, the road team is eight and one, yeah, eight and one on the money line, eight and one against the spread. The road team is when Sean Hockey Lee is a is a referee, so we're riding with Green Bay minus two. I am also taking Miami minus three and a half against the Jets. This is also um, a uh, a referee game. Alex Kemp, seven and one, road teams are against the spread and straight up when he refs uh, games. So I'm taking Miami laying the three and a half. Then I'm also riding with uh, Dallas and uh, Dallas taking the two and a half against the chiefs. All right. So we got a bunch of the same picks. I don't know. Did, how wait, did I say Washington plus three and a half? I don't know. Well, I'm taking them. I got okay. the Pats minus six and a half Washington plus three and a half green Bay minus two Dallas plus two and a half and uh, Miami minus three and a half. Okay. Who do Washington? Oh, they play Carolina. Yeah. Um, Cam revenge game. Ron Rivera revenge game. It's a double revenge game. Double revenge game. <laughs> um, that's always good. And it's also a tri- it's actually a triple revenge game because many of the Panthers fans were Washington fans before the Panthers were a franchise. So is that true? That's a hundred percent true. Okay. All right. So uh, your past team rooting for there. Correct. It'd What's be going like, on there? Yeah, like. Uh, Browns fans and Ravens fans or something. I don't know. Well, the Ravens never rooted for the Browns. Correct. They just didn't root for anybody. Maybe and Colts the, and Ravens. Yeah, that's probably a better thing. But I don't even think the Colts 
fan or the Ravens fans would have rooted for the Colts. I don't know. It's hard to do it when you have a team move. Yeah. You just have a, neat, a team added in there. I thought this was pretty crazy. So Florio said that the NFL, he thinks is going to add like the reasonable thing for the NFL to add is up to 40 teams when they get to expansion. That's what like, over the maybe like over the next like 30 years. Like, yeah, what's going to seriously? That's ridiculous. There's They're no way to have a 25 game season. There's no way. There's no, no way. Chance. No I mean, there's maybe they expand two more teams, but seriously, no chance. I thought that was pretty. Uh, I mean, we're pretty, running pretty. out of cities. I know. That's another thing. Like San Antonio is a logical choice, but come on. They're not going to Dallas and, and Jerry Jones and the McNair family are going to um, trying their whole might to not get a team in San Antonio. Like what is Portland? Are they going to get a team? What other what other cities are out there? Well, yeah, no, the state of Washington does not need two football teams. Well, that's in Oregon. Portland, Oregon, correct. But <laughs> the Pacific Northwest does not need two <laughs> football teams. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, what other teams out there? Like Salt Lake City, maybe? I don't know. Like, what other cities? Is um, I don't know. Do we really want Utah Jazz fans at NFL games? I, no, I don't know. No, I just. I mean, if they're going to be taunting players, sure. Those are electric, electric crowds there. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Oklahoma. what other, Huh? Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Yeah. Not, but then Jerry's going to block that because they're a bunch of Cowboy fans. Yeah. I don't like I don't know. We're, we're running out of towns. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, London. There you go. <laughs> um, Put a team in Alaska. Oof, boy, talk about a West Coast to East Coast game that it would be. You talk about football weather. Yes, yes. That might not even be safe football weather. <laughs> It'd have to be a dome. It'd have to be, have to be a dome. Have to be a dome. Have to be the a ice dome. dome or something like that? That could yeah. be pretty badass. Imagine getting a tryout there. That's a, the longest flight in America. Oof. They might just have to charter a plane for you to get the, the workouts yeah. up there. Yeah. Um. All right. Something in baseball that is going on. So I was. I don't understand. I, I feel like I've said this before. So baseball obviously is lacking in fans or they're, they're struggling to gain fans. And now this is a very minor thing, but I think it, 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 it has a lot of credence to the state of baseball. Here we are on November 18th. The World Series ended two weeks ago on Tuesday, November 2nd. And we are finding out who the MVP is right now. We're doing postseason awards two full weeks after the season ends. No one's talking about it unless you have future bets on these things. What? Why do they wait so long to announce these awards? Just announce them when the World Series or playoffs is going on. Who cares? The NBA does it. The NFL announces the awards before the Super Bowl, the, the, the night before the Super Bowl on a big primetime thing. And I get you want to space them out. Like, if you want to go in every World Series game, we give out the Rookie of the Year. Then we do the Cy Young, and we do all that whole shebang. That makes way more sense than waiting two weeks after the season when free agency is going on right now sporadically. But I just do not. I don't. I do not understand this. Especially because. Um... Like a couple of awards get announced while like football games are on, and it's like nobody knows. Like Monday night, uh, they announced uh, manager was it manager of the year or rookie of the year? I think rookie of the year. Rookie I'm not of the sure, year. Though. They announced during Monday night football, 
And again, you could say, okay, well, it's a week 10 game. Nobody really cares or week 11 game. Nobody really cares. But I mean, that's Monday night football. Like people are going to be watching that. But so I, I totally agree. Rob Manfred is a bozo. And I don't know how or why all of these awards, I feel like should be announced before the world series is played. Like, because by that time, all the votes should be counted up. All the votes should be submitted. And if you have maybe give like an extra day between uh, the championship series starts and the world series starts. And then just, you could even do like an award show, like, like uh, the NBA does and just announce all of the awards on that day, give it an extra day before the world series, bang, you put a bow on the regular season, start the world series, bada bing, bada boom, everything's wrapped up. You're good to go. Once the world series is done, you can start free agency. Yeah. I, I, I seriously don't get it. I, it, like is, was, it is. It might be one of the dumbest things that MLB baseball does, and they do a ton of dumb things to not not alienate their fans, but just like, oh yeah, I forgot. Here, here's this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Even even your most diehard baseball fan, probably you know maybe because there's some dorks out there that really love baseball are sitting at the edge of their seat waiting to who the manager of the year is, the rookie of the year, the AL Cy Young, things like that. Uh, I didn't even know who won the AL Cy Young until this morning when I was scrolling on Instagram and I and I saw that uh, that Robbie Ray won it. I saw Corbin Burns won the National League. I didn't see that, that Robbie Ray won the American League. And so it's like, you know, I consider myself a pretty big baseball fan. I'm pretty locked in. And the fact that it was not super easily accessible for me to just like find it, I guess. I don't know. It's just it's dumb to me how uh, how Major League Baseball and, and Mostly Rob Manfred, since he has the final call on a lot of things, just continue to screw things up over and over and over again. I do think this was going on way before Rob Manfred, though, like them announcing the awards this late. But I don't I think like this has been on this. Did it go on this long? Yes. Yes. I This has been going on for a long time. But I think that he could change it and he should change it. Uh-huh. Like, yes, I, they do. This has been going on for a while that it's like two weeks after the World Series ends. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Again, it doesn't make any sense if you're trying to get because then so what if a player is on the World Series team? That'd be a great way to highlight a guy you're that correct. was the MVP of the league or the guy that won the Cy Young. Um, not that e- not that either MVP is going to be uh, was on the World Series team or either Cy Young was, but. Boy, that would be nice to highlight a guy um, while they're in the in the playoff showcase. Um, yeah, no, I just I don't get it. Yeah, more manager of the year. You know, if you're manager of the year and you had a uh, you know unexplained run to the World Series, and now you're you know no one expects you to be there. Now you've managed your team to the World Series, and again, like you said, a great way to celebrate guys and and uh, and really highlight them, which baseball kind of fails to do time and time again is is highlight their stars and highlight some of the guys that do really good things for the sport. Yeah, no, I would agree on that. All right, one other thing I have, I don't know if you have anything, is that we we now have uh, one more, two more slates of uh, World Cup qualifying left. We have two, so we have six games left in World Cup qualifying. There were two games this time around. Uh, the U.S. played Mexico on Friday night. They won 2 nothing, And then they won, or they tied against Jamaica on Tuesday afternoon, which a game they really should have lost. But uh, the U.S. is in a... The U.S. is in a good... They're going to either qualify or they're going to have to go through one more round of facing another... uh, They're going to have to face another confederation um, in a home-and-home situation to make the World Cup because the top three automatically go, and then the fourth goes in that play-in game, and there's a five-point gap between 
fourth and fifth. So it's pretty much a team separating. But uh, the big story is Canada. Canada's leading. They beat Mexico. But uh, the U.S. is looking is looking okay. Is looking okay to make the uh, World Cup. They got lucky. Shout out to the refs uh, in uh, Jamaica. They helped us out there at the end by uh, uh, calling a pretty poor foul when Jamaica headed in, which should have been a winner for them. But uh, things, it was a big night against Mexico when they won 2-0. Uh, but uh, things are... Uh, Things are looking promising for them to qualify for the Ryder Cup or for the for the World Cup with six games left. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it helps a bunch that uh, Pulisic is playing and playing as well as he is. Uh, you know, it's crazy that you get a guy like that. And uh, I mean, I know we have some other pretty pretty good young talent right now, but it kind of seems like he's the guy right now. Um, uh, that when he's playing and playing well, that this team just like seems like it's just on another level. Yeah, he's been big time injury prone. Yeah. He's always battling injuries, but uh, the guy that's really stood out is Tim Way. He's a young forward. He scored a great goal on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. But yeah, no, they've been playing well. And Burhalter, the coach, I've been very critical of him. I still don't think he's a very good coach, but I, he knows how to coach him against Mexico. He's beat Mexico three times this year. And look, anytime you can beat Mexico, that's a good thing for us. Um, so he's got if he could just coach every game like it's he's they, we got to like he's facing Mexico. I think they'd be in a good, good shape there. But uh, did you see the uh, highlights? I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but the highlights of the Jamaica goal against U.S. I did not. Oh, God. I was watching in the car. This guy, Mikel Antonio, he plays for West Ham in the Premier League. Also, I didn't realize he was Jamaican. I think he, I saw he only started playing for them like two or three games ago. He had a rocket from like 30 yards out that just got under the bar. It was a real, real scorcher and a a, a, a real pleasure of a goal for someone. Uh, shout out to my buddy Casey that said take him to score a goal at plus 330. Um, but you have to check it out. It was a it was a worldy as they call it out there. But uh, big time teams in England in uh, Europe that are going to have to do this qualifying around. Like it's really hard to make the World Cup. Really, really hard to make the World Cup. So. UEFA, their World Cup qualifying, they have this like playoff round. They're doing it. Uh, they're doing it weird this year, where it's like a single elimination type of like twelve team round robin. Usually, it's just a home and home. But we are what Portugal is in this thing. They could miss the World Cup. Italy could miss the World Cup. There are some teams like big name teams out there that that are in danger of missing a. Uh, of uh, missing the World Cup. I also think the Netherlands might miss it. Like, it's a really hard. Even this expanded teams, it's really hard to make the uh, World Cup. And I, if Ronaldo misses the World Cup, that would be quite, uh, quite, quite shocking. It would be shocking, absolutely. You know, uh, he's he's been uh, the front of the pack for that Portugal team for a long time now. So if they they lost, uh, who did they just lose to the other night? Um, Serbia. Serbia, yeah, that was... A big time shocker, big time shocker loss. Um, so yeah, if they miss out, yeah, it's uh, you know, probably probably a little hit to his greatest of all time record, but he'd still be it. So yeah, so they're doing this like playoff. It's hard. It's, I'm still very confused on how they're doing this, but it's in March, uh, so that should be a lot of a, a lot of drama there. All right, do you have anything? Do you have anything, Ryan? No, I think that's it. I think we kind of uh, covered all the bases. Nice win by the Suns yesterday against the Mavs. Uh, obviously, minus Luka. Uh, Suns are hot right now, 10 straight. So that's, uh, 
They are hot. They're, they're playing well after starting off one and three. Mavs still look pretty good. I, I, Tim Hardaway Jr. shoots a little bit better last night. You know, maybe they that game's a little bit closer. Jalen Brunson still played really well. Um, so, you know, Mavs, I think, are are good for now. But we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We'll see how long they can sustain it. And um, and uh, a lot of it rides on if Porzingis can stay healthy. Willie Colley-Stein stinks. Willie Colley-Stein stinks. <laughs> they did play pretty good defense. They did play good defense. Yeah, no, That's very like, good. That's the thing. They've really made Phoenix uh, work for it. Also, this is – I am so – the NBA schedule early is confusing to me. Like, why do the Suns – this happened with the Cavs. The Cavs played Boston on Saturday night. Then they played them again at, again at home on Monday night. This is the same thing with the Mavs. They played the Suns on Wednesday, and then they're at home against – then they stay in Phoenix and play them again on Friday. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Are we trying to cut down travel? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I think I, th- I think so. I think that was kind of like their whole thing when they be- when the load management thing kind of uh, came to the forefront. Okay, I still think it's very weird. Yeah, no, it is. And I don't know if I really like it or whatever, but uh, um, that's an interesting, uh, interesting there. The cat and the Cavs, the the team is riddled with injuries, which is really a tough uh, a tough spot right now. The I, the the Cavs are going to probably lose about four in a row right now. Um, which is not not uh, pin the panic button, but uh, we're we're probably gonna lose. They're gonna lose to Golden State tonight. They play Brooklyn Monday. They play Phoenix on Wednesday. There's about three more losses in a row, and they're without four starters. So things are uh, the injury bug is not uh, not helping the Cavs out right now. But uh, let me tell you, anybody want a point guard out there? Ricky Rubio, we'll take a couple first round picks for him because that guy's playing amazing <laughs> basketball right now. Did you? He is. He's playing amazing. Did you know? Excuse me, that Ed Davis is still in the NBA? No, I had no idea. He plays for the Cavs. He started yeah. last night. He played 24 minutes last night. Oof. Did, that did guy's you know getting that, big time minutes for you? Yeah, you're probably in trouble. Well, that was the first game he played all season. Um, did you know that Taco Fall is also on the Cavs? Oh, I, yeah, that I didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. He he played three minutes last night, and we were listening to the game on the radio. He played at the beginning of the second quarter, and the guy Jim Jones, who played for the Cavs, I think Taco went to the foul line. He got fouled, and then he he's played some defense or whatever, and he gets checked out. He goes, he was saying like, "Man, Taco Fall, you know, we just got to get some good minutes out of him, like five, seven minute good." If he could play like 10 good minutes a night, that's a good stint from Taco Fall. And I'm like, 10 minutes? You only need about two or three minutes from him. And Taco Fall shouldn't be playing, buddy. Like, this is how desperate we are. We got to we gotta roll out Taco Fall. So I thought that was a – I always love over-positive uh, color commentators. Um, I mean, it happens for every team, and, and they're not going to trash Taco Fall. But it is – it would have been funny if he goes – Taco falls in the game. This is probably not something that you want to see if you're a Cavs fan right now. But hey, he gave you a couple good minutes. That's all you're looking for. Um, but I thought that was funny. That is funny. Um, uh, I, I do have one last thing before we wrap up. This is not sports related. Yeah. It's kind of something that's going on in my life right now. Uh, so obviously, uh, the uh, Jordan shoe game is is hot in the streets right now, and everyone's buying up every every uh, um, shoe possible. And because Nike just re- refuses to sell their shoes directly to consumers and you have to go to like second and third markets to buy them. I've found this. So there's a, a shoe on the market right now that I like. It's called the uh, air. It's a, it's a Jordan one. It's the high and it's called the prototype. It's kind of it's navy blue, royal blue and orange kind of on the tongue and around it. It's super dope. I love it. 
Well, I found it on eBay for retail or right around retail. It's probably about 20 bucks more than retail. Retails for like 170. I found it for 200. Paid 220 after shipping. Well, eBay has this thing where you uh, once you purchase a shoe, it gets sent to them and they authenticate it. And once they say it's okay, then they send it to you. If it's not a, if it's not good, they send it back to the seller and then you get a re full refund. Great, great system. I'm a big fan of it. So I bought some shoes a couple of weeks ago. Bought the found the prototypes. Uh, the whole process takes about two weeks after you buy it to get the shoes. Well, what do you know? After a week passes, the authenticator gets it. These shoes are no good. So they go back to the seller and get a refund. All right, that sucks, but also kind of cool. Find them again from a different seller. What do you know? I bought them a week ago. Yesterday, I get the note. Hey, these shoes are no good. You're getting a full refund. I'm just like, like, look, the process, the process I'm fine with. But can't we as human beings just be a little more honest about what we're selling online? I mean, I'm willingly, I'm willing to give you my money if I just get the item I want in return. Now, neither of us wins. I don't get my shoes. You don't get your money. If you just had an honest product, everybody would leave this situation and this transaction extremely happy. So yeah, I'm yet again on the hunt for some Jordan 1 prototypes. It's about, like I said, go ahead. What about StockX? No, because they mark everything up like 3X. It's it's stock 5X is what it should be because they friggin' mark everything up way past retail. And I, as much as I love these Jordans and love Jordans in general, I'm not willing to pay double or triple retail, which means that's probably going to limit my selection, which is fine. That's just in my mind what I've come to, you know, come to terms with. But it's like, if, if I can find a shoe, you know, 30 to 50 bucks, you know, depending on the type of shoe or the, the specific shoe, 75 bucks over retail, fine. But I ain't paying double or triple for a shoe just to have it. I mean, that's the going rate. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. If Nike just made shoes to sell to their consumers, we wouldn't have this issue. But they want to play this game where they you have to go to, which doesn't make sense because they're not making money. Sure, you sell out of a shoe because you only make 150 of them or 200. But guess what? Guess who's making all the money? The 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 aftermarket, the sellers, the guys that are selling aftermarket for four hundred or five hundred dollars. It's just it makes that whole process makes zero sense. I think Nike's still making money. On no the doubt. Shoes. No, they're they, they're they, doing they, it where they're making money. Well, well, yeah, no, no. Obviously, they're a billion dollar company. Uh, so I, I think they have their stuff kind of figured out on their end. But I'm just saying, if they could just find a way to just make more shoes so that more consumers can get them. I think everybody, again, everybody would be happy because they would get more money and we would get our shoes. Yeah. But they also like the rareness of them, but that they does like nothing that. to the value for them. The value is in the secondary market because they're rare. Everyone's still going to buy up those shoes from Nike regardless. So, you know what I mean? So like, like I said, the, the, the rarity has no effect on Nike. If they just made, if they produce two or 300 more of the same shoe, they're still going to sell out of those shoes, right? Cause more people are going to, you know, they're going to have a bigger, uh, a bigger collection of it. And so you're going to be able to sell it to more consumers. The rarity comes like I said, on the aftermarket for once these, these people get these shoes that are using these freaking bots to win all these lotteries on sneakers that, I haven't sniffed a win in my entire life. It's just, it's the whole, the whole process is, is a little frustrating. I've won three of them, I think. Yeah, I know. That's, three that's, or four. that's ri ridiculous. That's unreal. I haven't, well, they changed it up now. It's just a, well, the first you thought there was a raffle, so you just entered and you didn't realize that, right? Correct. Yes. So that was the operator on your part of the beginning. Yep. yep.
But now it is a raffle. Yeah. And I haven't even tried one in a long time. I haven't tried probably one in a year. Um, a, a sneakers entry or. And then oh. now they do this thing where they have. Like, um, like they'll, they'll release a shoe in store, but they'll, you have to like log into the sneakers app and then enter this contest, I guess to be able to be told where the shoe is going to be sold. And then you can drive to that store in your lo- city or location and go pick it up. Really? It's super weird. It doesn't make yeah, sense. That's to me. weird. I don't know, but it, obviously they like what they're doing because they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't. Yeah. Um, there's also some very ugly shoes out there. <sighs> yeah. Big like time. I'm on the super, I'm on the sneakers app right now. These B do wins one. These are, those are ugly. Um, but, uh, well, good luck on the hunt. I appreciate it. Because um, it's uh, tough on the... I was looking for the MA2s. I bought those. I love my pair, and they just stopped selling them. Like, Nike just stopped selling them. I yeah, see, like, they'll do that, too. They'll do that, too. It's like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, I'm disappointed about that. But uh, All right, that'll wrap it up for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will talk to you next. We'll probably only do one episode next week. We'll probably just record on Tuesday next week. Uh, One episode with Thanksgiving. So we'll talk to you. Mm -hmm.